The uh, message today is, how are you handling worry? <laughs> how are you handling worry? Worry, 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 worked, worry, if I can pronounce that right. Um, a worrier. So, did you know that the worry, the word worry, comes from a, an, old English, an old English word that means strangle? <laughs> The word worry comes from an old English word meaning strangle. So whenever we read here in, um, what book are we reading from? I wrote it down. Matthew, chapter 6. There it is. I was, you know, what I do is I, I, write, I put these on the computer and I put it all out, then I print them, and then I write all over them, you know. <laughs> so in the midst of my writing, I can't see where I had it printed. So anyhow, it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. We'll read through this, and it is called The Cure for Anxiety. For this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they not, the, and, see, I can't read, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grasses of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need. All The heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, worry in the, the, this section here is bookend by the verse 25. For this reason I say unto you, do not worry about your life. And then verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow. So there's this sense of don't let the nagging, choking <laughs> worry be a part of your life. Now, I, I know that we are, I, I'm just going to take a while and ex, um, use some of these words <laughs> that are associated with worry. The definition of worry, worried and worrying, okay, uh, to harass by tearing, biting, or snapping, especially at the throat. <laughs> I mean, do you think of worrying as biting, snapping, and tearing at the throat? How about shake or pull at, with the teeth, as a terrier would a rat? <laughs> I, would, I don't know why they use rat, but I would think, you know, you think of a dog getting a bunny. A bunny is too graphic, you know, for, uh, to say that the dog's tearing up a rabbit. Oh my gosh, why would they do that? But a but a terrier can tear up a rat. That's a good thing, you know. <laughs> so anyhow, 
we, we look at this, and it's like a dog. If you've ever seen a dog tearing apart another animal that's weaker and whatever, um, you, you, you understand the purpose. I, I always remember we had this boxer at the farm. He was probably one of the smart, smartest dogs we ever had. He was just super intelligent. You, he, he just knew what you were thinking, you know. My mom, this, this dog would always, whenever we were milking, you know, the, none of the animals were allowed in the barn, you know, where we were milking the cows. And every morning, at the same time, at the same place in the barn, about three-quarters of the way down the barn, where, you know, you have the cows in, in lines and you're milking them, and about three-quarters of the way down the line, he would get out of his bed and walk over and walk the whole way down to that place and sit down. And my mom, when she was, and she would only do it when my mom was there, and she would go, you know you're not supposed to be here. You go back there and sit down. He'd stand up and he'd go, ah, rah, 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 and turn around and wiggle his tail and walk back to his corner. <laughs> he did it every time. You know, he'd just do his little thing, you know, with my mom. Well, if you think about how that, and, 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 and oh, what, his, what he would do is, he was, he was the most efficient killer of groundhogs you ever saw. <laughs> I mean, you'd be walking through the field with him, and he'd see a groundhog, and he would run after it. You know, boxers had the big chest and big neck. He would catch it in stride, crunch it, shake it, drop it. <laughs> Worry. <laughs> Worry is catching, shaking at the throat, dead. Worry is a destroyer of our life. And so we, we and worry is, and I, I think of worry as almost being natural. <laughs> you know, we think that worry is, you know, what am I going to do now? How, why did this happen? All this kind of stuff. Well, worry, if you want, there are worry dolls on the internet. They're on sale for 70% off if you need to get some. When I was looking up worry, they, I found worry dolls. I thought, what on earth is a worry doll? Well, some people have worry beads. They, they, you know, God, you know, God, you know, you know, it's, it's like you got, you know, that's the time you pray is after something happens, you know, God, God, do you worry? No. Um, the transit, the transitive verb is strangle or choke. To move, proceed, or progress by unceasing or difficult effort. <laughs> We're moving on, but it's a pain. And what else? Um, to shake and tear or mangle with the teeth. Uh, some other words that go for worry. You know, I just want to make sure you understand what worry is, okay? I'm sure none of you know, but in case I make you understand, make you understand. I would like for us to see how many words that and how many feelings go into this whole encapsulation of worry, all right? Uh, tease. To tease someone means to disturb or irritate. <laughs> worry implies in see incessant goading and attacking that drives one to desperation, annoy, harass, hairy, not Harry, James, and John. Harry is may imply a heavy oppression or maltreatment, plague, pester, tease. <laughs> so those are the names that go along with worry. What is, what is the opposite of worry? Calm. Pardon? Rest? Peace? Confidence? The antonyms for worry are calm, calmness, content, contentment, ease, easiness, peace, peaceful, 
placidity or placidness, quiet, I never heard of this word, quietude, quietude, sereneness or serenity, tranquility or tranquility, tranquilness, there we go, comfort, consolation, relief, and solace. So whenever we're thinking about the opposite of what this worry is, so it's, it's natural for us, I think, to, um, okay, what's going to happen next? Um, did you ever have a phone call say, Pastor? No, you didn't get a call full faster. <laughs> but anyhow, Pastor, I have to tell you something, but I don't want you to worry. <laughs> you know, somebody gives you a call, what are you going to do? Worry. <laughs> you know, I want all of you not to think of a pink rabbit, okay? You know, pink rabbit on the road, bouncing around. I don't want you to think of that. So how many thought of a pink rabbit? <laughs> See, I don't want you to worry. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. But in this, what we're doing is, okay, we can't say don't worry. We have to, we have to understand we do this instead of. See, you can't just say don't do this. You've got to put another, you've got to put something else over here that you have to act upon. You see, if you, you, balancing something out isn't, abstaining from something isn't good enough. We have to do something that's good. Like um, that we, we abstain from sin, okay? You know, the idea is we don't sin, but we don't be so preoccupied with not sinning, and we're always looking at what sin is. We're looking at what good is. What is God doing in our life, and how can I be godly in God's image and God's peace and God's grace and, and that uh, the good things that God wants me to do? God is leading me in the path of righteousness, rightness with him. So we can be preoccupied, don't sin, don't do this, don't do that, don't go there, name all the sins, and everybody's, oh my gosh, sinful world, sinful this, but what about the good? It doesn't, you know, Jesus came to a world, and they started the church in, in Jerusalem, in the book of Acts, and no one else in the world was saved. I think it was a sinful place. <laughs> and I think they went to places where there were temples <laughs> to the, the gods and goddesses. You know, people were worshiping all kinds of gods. <laughs> there was all kinds of violence. There was all kinds of the Roman Empire and, and uh, bad things happening all over the place. Dictators, rulers, assassins, they were still there. <laughs> the church was born in the middle of it. Here we are, the church. Here we are, God in us, living our life. And God is saying, be calm. <laughs> don't worry, be happy. <laughs> no, the, don't. The idea is forget about it. Forget about the worry. Think about the calmness. Push the pause button. You see, we can't stop bad things from happening. But we can push the pause button as to how we're going to respond. You see, um, <laughs> we often have an automatic response to situations. You know, worrying people like to worry. You know, worry people like to worry. And uh, if you, you know, my mom, she would kid about it, but she'd always say, I don't have anything to worry about. What's going on in your life? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I need some, you know, what am I going to worry about if you don't have problems, you know? So worry is not part of the plan, okay? And, of course, we have 
situations that are overbearing and people, people, things, you know, projects, school, you know, job, whatever, husband, wife, you know, whatever. But we have these things and we have, a, we have an automatic response. Well, what we have to do is shut the automatic off, you know, and push the pause button. So instead of reacting, we need to push the pause button and say, okay, now, God, first is God, help me, <laughs> Pause. I'm pausing. You know, Pastor, do you know? Don't worry about this. Pause. <laughs> you know, when this has happened, you know, these people are in danger. Pause. This is going to tear the world apart. Pause. Uh huh. So, pause. Okay, God. What is it you, you, you want me to say, or what is it you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray about this? See, pause. See, God is there. God is here. You know, like I said, this week uh, has been a trying week. Um, but in some ways, I really, I'm not too upset over it. Um, you know, what is it, uh, 95% of all the things we worry about never come true? Well, the real statistic is 99, but I thought, no, that's not good enough. The 95 is what we should believe. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, <laughs> 99% of the things you worry about don't really happen. And if we push the pause button, the 1% won't happen either. So we, we, have, to, we have to look at the life. And so this week, um, we were in Pittsburgh, and like we said, uh, you know, it wasn't in, in, in uh, the, the, my truck, you know, we have the darkened windows in the back and stuff. And somebody came along with a crowbar. Now, you would think that a really good robber would know how to break a window, you know? You know, you got a crowbar, so why not just smash the window? No. You got to go along the window and shove it into the door frame, bend the door frame, and then break the window. You know, then you go in and steal whatever it is you want. So, but there again, pause. <laughs> okay, God, what do we need to do? All right, start making phone calls. Start making phone calls. You have to call the police, you have to call the credit card. You have to start calling these things that you know that you have, that you've lost, put them in place. See, you have to pause and put things in place. God, what do I need to do? Worry. Um, also this week, I've been having trouble with my legs, and um, it's getting, it has become uh, progressively worse. And so I, I talked the doc into, you know, getting me an MRI, and the MRI report comes back and says, you need immediate surgery. <laughs> to, you know, for the, the nerves and things in your back. So, pause. <laughs> okay, God. Um, it's like, God, uh, do you, did you know these things are happening? He goes, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you could stop them. Yeah. Well, what good is it? Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Because, you see, what if, see, if you have credit cards, you should have all of them written down with the 800 number <laughs> so that if something like this happens, pause, oh yeah, I have this list. Hmm. A list of important phone numbers where you need to call when something happens like this. We, I used to have them in place, but you know, I, nothing's ever happened in 66 years, <laughs> 67 years. So why should I worry? Oh, 
worry. You see, sometimes worry is actually helping us to understand rather than worrying, we should solve the problem. Sometimes solving the problem is trusting. Sometimes solving the problem is active. So how do I actively pursue getting rid of the obstacles that I was worrying about? See, because you worry, it means that something has happened or something you're afraid of something happening or something you may happen. So the idea is cancel that out by putting the pause button in and going to the Word of God. See, the Word of God comes in like a flood to overwhelm, overwhelm. The, see, rather than being overwhelmed by the circumstance, the Word of God overwhelms the circumstance with peace. What are they? What is the words here? Sorry. With calmness, contentment, ease, peace, placidity, quietness, serenity, tranquil, <laughs> tranquility, comfort, consolation, relief, solace. The Word of God over, overwhelms that situation so that we are not overwhelmed by the situation, we are overwhelmed by the Word of God. And then in the pause moment, we are asking for direction and asking for God to give us direction and sense what's, there is a purpose in this. Now, there is always a purpose. Now, we may never know it. We may never understand it. We may not know it till we get to heaven. But God is in charge, good and bad. When good and bad things happen. You know, Daniel going into the lion's den. Do you think Daniel was a little apprehensive? <laughs> they tie a rope around him, take the lid off, the, off the, 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 the lions down below, and they lower him in. Do you think he closed his eyes? Oh, God, they're going to eat me alive. <laughs> you know, I don't know what he did, but I can't imagine that his heart wasn't pounding a little bit. <laughs> So, but what happened is he reached the bottom and he was still alive. He could untie the rope and they could pull it out. And Daniel's at the bottom of the lion's den with all these lions that are supposed to tear him up and they can't. In the midst of worry, we are standing in the middle of the lion den. In the midst of the circumstance, we are standing in the middle of the lion's den and there is not one lion capable of touching Daniel. There's not one worry capable of tearing your life apart. Hmm. Imagine that. There is nothing that you can think of that God hasn't already thought of. There is not a principle, uh, there is not something that happens in life that there is not a principle of God's word that can apply to that situation that can give you peace and give you command of the situation. You see, knowing that God is in control, knowing that he is fighting my battles, that the word worry doesn't occur in the Bible as something that is part of who we are. It's to be something, you know, worry is to be taken out. You see, Isaiah says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, you have plans for me, you, oh, excuse me, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. 
You, God, have a perfect plan. Okay? If God has a perfect plan, then this must be part of it. Somebody breaking into my car? God has a perfect plan. So, here it is. Which way am I going to go? Which way are you going, David? When you get to the fork in the road, take it. <laughs> Which way are you going to go? <laughs> are you going to be thankful or are you going to be, let's get even and, you know, hang them, teach them a lesson? <laughs> you know? What if it's not for me? What if it's for this person who, who is been on camera using, using our credit card? What if it's protecting them from something worse? What if, it's, what if it is about me and what's going on in my life and how that I'm going to believe that God is going to take care of us and keep, because of this situation, it will keep me from something worse? So, see, faith doesn't mean we understand. It means that God has a plan. Steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Well, then you must not be righteous if that happens to you. <laughs> not true. God has a plan. So when I am sensitive, when I push the pause button, I am saying, God, you have a plan. You have a purpose. You have a reason. I may never understand it to the day I step into eternity, but that doesn't matter. You, by your word, are going to come like a flood and overwhelm the difficulty and the obstacle, and you, O oh God, are going to be the one who gives me peace, calmness, assurance that you're still on the path. <laughs> still part of the plan. God has a purpose. First <laughs> Thessalonians 5. Rejoice evermore. This is 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. <laughs> Push the pause button. In everything give thanks. In everything but when somebody smashes the window of your truck. <laughs> in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The will of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> God has worked a wondrous plan Plan. God has, you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago. You see, if you ask yourself the question, <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> I always got to ask, God, did you know this was going to happen? Yes. So why didn't you stop it? <laughs> it wasn't part of the plan. You see, this is not about them, it's about you. And it isn't, and you see, when God works in our life, it isn't about how bad we are or how, you see, God is at work. Why, why did Job have to, you know, everybody says that, you know, Job's wife, you know, she's told Job, curse God and die. But I wonder what, how many children did Job have? Eleven? Nine? Ten? Ten. I was close. <laughs> Job had ten kids. Ten children. What would you be like after 10 of your children were killed? All at once. You'd tell, you'd tell your husband, go curse God and die because there's so much pain here, I can't stand it. 
Nobody understands, and Job doesn't understand. And Job is there saying, why? You know, he can't figure this out because what he knows in his heart, it, this is not about God. God wouldn't do this. God has something here. And all of his friends come and say, you know, Job, <laughs> you are living a false life. When bad things happen, never take on the accusing voice. Never listen to the accuser. The accuser doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> the accuser doesn't know what he's talking about. When you, when you hear those voices that saying, you're not good enough, you brought this on, you'll never make this, you're going to fail, it's going to all fall apart, the world's coming to an end, and the dog will die and the goldfish will float. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. Throw the accuser out. Because the overwhelming presence of God is that I am God's child. I am God's child. Nothing can separate me from him. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Nothing can separate me from him. In that assurance, God will work through me. So I must deal with this in a way that will change me, not change them. <laughs> That's what happened with Job. God, God, um, oh, not rectified. He confirmed that Job was correct. And God ended up, you know, Job ended up with double everything. And the great thing is, Job ended up with 10 children. Well, if God was doubling, why didn't he have children? Why didn't he have 20? Because he doubled everything else. Go, Job had 20 kids. 10 were in heaven, 10 were there they were still alive. They were still alive. You see, God has a reason for what he does. He has a reason and a purpose behind everything. So none of this is by chance. I, you know, I, and and I, I wrestle with this. You know, <laughs> I deal with a lot of difficult situations. And I don't know why difficult things happen. And, I, and, I, and why things and why people and children and, you know, the undescribable, the inconceivable things that happen in peop for people and to people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you struggle with it. And you just don't know. <laughs> so in that not knowing, I push the pause button and say, God, I need your peace. I need your assurance. I need your presence because in his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there, there is pleasures forevermore. In his presence I know that I'm safe. And when you bring that presence, when you walk into someone's life, you bring that presence with you. You know, and some people get irritated by that presence. That's why they get irritated with you. You didn't even do anything. You don't even have to do anything to make some people unhappy, <laughs> aggravated. Because who you are and what you represent irritates everything inside of them. <laughs> and we don't need to push their buttons. God already is. <laughs> and they're trying to push your buttons to get you off of the off course and to get you going down the wrong path. And you see, don't let it happen. Push the pause button and say, God... I need your calmness, I need your peace, 
and I'm not going to worry about this. I like what the one guy said. God, I got this problem. You're going to be up all night. No use both of us being up. I'm going to bed. (laughs) So, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Did you ever put those two verses together? Quench not the spirit and give thanks to God for everything that happens. <laughs> Can you imagine that? God is telling me, don't you dare grieve the Holy Spirit by not being thankful. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is at work. He is working in our lives and he's working behind the scene. Not only in us, but in the lives of others. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Your steps are ordered by the Lord, and he's not going to let any demon, no devil in hell, stop that plan. Because the blood of Jesus Christ surrounds you, you are safe, nothing can remove you from his hands and his presence, and there is nothing in heaven or earth or hell or any place from east to west can take you out of that perfect security you have in Jesus. Nothing. Nothing living or dead, (laughs) past or present, future. See, God, that's why I I, I emphasize that we were just talking this morning, that if someone's lost, they're away from God, they often look back or feel guilty for all the garbage in their life. That's the accuser. God has a plan. The plan is future. No matter what our mistakes God has a plan to bring us back to course. He's not worried about what yesterday is. God is concerned that we look forward because his plan, he knew this was going to happen, and so his plan is that you look forward and see his grace and mercy and get back on course. The devil is the accuser who's always trying to keep you focused on something that God is not even concerned about. He loves you too much. So quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. Give thanks to God, for this is his will. Now, back to verse 25. (laughs) Are you ready? This is my sermon. (laughs) For this reason I say to you, okay? For this reason I tell you this. Do not worry about your life. (laughs) Do not worry about your life. As to what you're going to eat, what you will drink, not for your body, as to what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Did you know we are citizens? The body is the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in you. You're going to live with God forever. He created you to be his child. He created you to be his friend. And your body is sacred because God's in it. So do you think that the God who created the heavens and he goes through all these things about the fields and the lilies and all this kind of stuff, if you look around, you see the hand of God everywhere. Do you think that God who is taking care of everything is not going to take care of his temple? You are part of the kingdom of God and his kingdom is abiding. It is in you. You are members of the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in 
in earth <laughs> as it is in heaven. We're part of the divine kingdom of God. And that kingdom, you can't separate yourself from it and nobody can push you out of it because we need to remember, don't worry. Don't let something strangle you. <laughs> don't let it strangle you. Don't let life strangle you. Life is to be lived. You see, think about this. Worry is strangle, okay? God breathed into us the breath of life and made us a living soul. When worry is trying to strangle the breath of life from your body. <laughs> God doesn't want it. He won't let it. And that's why he's telling us, don't worry. Push the pause button. Here it is. You can take off with worry or you can allow the word to be like a flood and overcome that which is trying to choke you. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, reap, gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more? Are you not much? Are you not worth much more than they? You see the value God is saying you have? And who, by being worried, who, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? Worry is like a rocking chair. You're always in motion, but you never get anywhere. <laughs> so let it go. And why are you worried about clothing? You see, the body wants to, we, we know that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We want to be clothed. We want to be clothed. But God wants us to be clothed in righteousness. God, we, the Bible says that, that he has never, no one has ever seen the righteous forsaken or his family out begging bread. God doesn't have us in a begging mentality. God has us in a planting in a, in a sowing, in a reaping, in a bringing in, in a harvest, in giving, and, and blessing. And we're, we're, we're part of this. And worry comes in and says, oh my gosh, I can't do this because if I give this away, I won't have it. i got to build bigger barns so that I can worry. Nope. Are you worried about clothing? Um, Solomon and all of his temple is not arrayed like the lilies. But if God so clothed the grass of the field which is alive today and gone tomorrow, will he much more will he clothe you? And what's he going to clothe the body in? He's going to clothe us in the robe of righteousness. He's going to clothe us in the armor of God that protects us, that it's offensive with the word, the sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of his righteousness, the girdle of truth. Our feet are shod with the preparation, preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace is our stay, our security and our stay. Push the pause button. I am at peace with God. Oh, you of little faith, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? That's what the Gentiles do. For your heavenly Father, see, instead of worry, don't worry, but read this. For your heavenly Father, pause, worry? No, my heavenly Father knows what I have need of. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. Believe, trust. And all these things, all the things that you have need of for your body, everything, 
He will provide for you. I got to find verse 2, page 2. There it is. And do not, verse 34, and do not worry about tomorrow. Don't be strangled by tomorrow's worries. For tomorrow will take care of itself. God will be there tomorrow, and it'll all be okay. Each day has its own troubles, so don't allow today's troubles to take away what God has given you. You are his child. He died for you. I wouldn't say he will die for you. He died for you. He rose from the dead. He has given you the strength, his strength, to overcome. He has defeated the enemy of our soul. The enemy of our soul has no rights in your life because in your life you are God's. His blood covers you and the enemy has no rights. Don't allow situations to bring worry, but allow pause button and allow the word of God. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, God will overpower him and wash him up. <laughs> wash him out. So, let's stand. <laughs> I have more, but that's okay. One other thought. I knew there was one more thought. Worry pulls us away from God's power. When we get caught up in worrying, we're going in our direction away from what God has intended. But you see, when I push the pause button, I must never allow myself to be separated from his power. And his power is always overcoming. Father, thank you. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your calmness. I thank you, O oh God, for the awareness in our spirit and our minds and our hearts that no matter what happens, we will push the pause button. We will allow your Holy Spirit to bring your word to our lives. We will allow the presence of God to surround us and give us strength in this moment. We know that your wisdom will guide us. We know that your peace will overcome and hold us. We know that in everything we give thanks to you because the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. In God, you are working everything to good. So we trust you with our lives. We trust you with the situations in life. We trust you, O oh God, that nothing can separate us from you. We trust you because we are your child living in your kingdom living, O oh God, for your grace and your mercy and your presence to flow through us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that power. Thank you for that peace. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that fills our minds and our hearts. Do we receive it? Do we receive it? Say yes. Yes, Lord. Yeah, how about that one? Yes, Lord. Do we receive it? Yes, Lord. Amen. <laughs>